RadioInfluence.com. All righty, another edition of The Rock Stops here. How you doing? How you hanging? You hanging in there? I'm doing fine. I am so, I feel like I've moved. Well, I have moved. I moved about 15 minutes away, but the environment is totally different. And my wife and daughter will be moving back, you know, full time uh, after Sunday. That's when the movers are bringing all our stuff from storage. I've been here for about five days now doing things around, getting settled, sleeping on the floor, no furniture. And it's just I have woods. I have woods to the side, woods in the back, one neighbor on this side. A little bit of a horse farm beyond the, the little bit of woods right there and a lake in front and it's a quiet neighborhood and I feel like I'm moved to a different state and my I just I, I'm just so relaxed and there, it's quiet you know to be able to just I don't need I don't need much man <laughs> you guys you know what I'm talking about right I'm sleeping on the floor a couple of covers two covers that's it a sheet a pillowcase and I'm good but I'm in a good mood. All right, here's what I got. I got stories for you. I'll get into my background a little bit in the New York, New Jersey area. You know, I'm from New Jersey. That's where I was born. Well, I was born in Scranton, Pennsylvania. One year we moved to Jersey. I was raised in New Jersey, North Jersey. There's North Jersey, there's South Jersey. And I, you can't take it out of me. And I grew up listening and watching New York TV, New York radio, WFAN is legendary. Now, I know there was some more words. There was a host. Has nothing to do with my guest today on the Rock Stops here and said that he thinks the Rays were cheating. Uh, look at the back of their baseball cards. Taylor Waltz, hello, and all this. They got to be cheating. Carton agreed with him. Is the host and, and blah, blah, and everybody around here got all oh, their New Yorkers. Well, look at their teams. They don't job, blah, 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 blah. Listen. If you're a Tampa Bay sports fan, you've been following me for a long time, please continue to listen. I've got a host, co-host, morning show, very successful, the Boomer and Geo show on WFAN and Geo. Greg Giannotti is my guest. What a good guy. I'm telling you. Don't, don't, oh, the New Yorkers. Oh, that's the fan. They hate Tampa Bay. It's, listen, don't, don't, please. Will you, will you keep listening for me if you're from Tampa Bay? Uh, what, a, what, a, what a good guy. I have a friend that is on the show. He screens phone calls. He produces. He's Al Dukes. Al, I met Al when he was here in Tampa. Al Dukes was on this Rock Stops Here podcast. So I got to credit Al for kind of helping me out uh, with Geo. Um and let me just get to it, and then I'll give you the stories. You're tuning in because I've built this. It's Greg Giannotti Geo from the Boomer and Geo Morning Show on the highly rated WFAN in New York, or as the Schmooze used to say, New York City. All right? And, you know, he was in a tough spot. Craig Carton is a very talented radio guy. And he was paired with Boomer Esiason to start this morning show a long time ago. And they got great ratings. The Eddie Scazzeri, he's the technical wizard. Al, Jerry Greco, update man. And they all got along. 
and they all brought they brought in very good ratings. Craig Carton got into some trouble with gambling. He had to go to prison. He served his time. But so you gotta you gotta bring in a co-host for Boomer, Boomer Esiason, the great former NFL all pro QB. Cincinnati Bengal, New York Jets. I think he was Arizona Cardinals as well, but I remember the Bengals and the Jets, mostly Bengals. But anyway, and here come here's Gio, Greg Giannotti. And this guy was very successful uh, in Pittsburgh. He thought that it could have been his life. It, you know, that was fine. Things were going good. But he also was from that New York area, and his dream was one day to be on the fan. But you're, you're, you're moving into some shoes, man, where they've been successful. And guess what? It's a little bit, little bit of a different type of a show, but they've continued to be number one in the mornings with the men in the number one market in the country. That ain't easy. That is not easy. And what a good guy down to earth Greg Giannotti, G-O, is. I found out through this podcast. So please, give it a listen. You Tampa Bay people, don't be pissed off. Oh, it's New Yorkers. It's the fan. They hate Stop that. Please listen to Greg Giannotti, my guest, G-O, from the Boomer and G-O show on the fan. All right, I am with Gio Boomer and Gio Greg Giannotti. He's made it all the way to the Big Apple. He's crushing. Their ratings are humongous on the sports station, WFAN. Gio, congratulations on all your success. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great, thank you. That was the, the best introduction I've ever gotten. I'm having a great time out here, and our show's doing very well. I'm very fortunate to be in this position to cover another Super Bowl. Now, for you... You worked your, you know, nobody just gets to WFAN. It just doesn't happen. And it was a long journey to get there. What's harder, the journey to get there or to staying there? It's harder in different ways. So I would say if I had to pick one, I think the journey to stay is probably harder, but I don't want to minimize the journey to get there. I think that once you get to the top, there's a whole different bunch of challenges. Not everybody is your friend anymore. People want to see you fail. When I was younger and behind the scenes and doing part-time shows, everybody's rooting for me to do well because it was a great story. When you get to the top, then people are rooting for you to fail because then they want your job and all of those things that go on. So it's, it's, it's definitely two different things but you are built for that when you're younger on the way up in your 20s you got energy you got passion and all that stuff and I also think you're built for when you get to the top more maturity I just I'm 40 now I see things differently so like the age that I was in both of these spots were perfect for me so they're both difficult but difficult in different ways but I'll tell you right now that I think it's I think it's tougher to stay there and make sure that you're relevant and have that energy every single day to continue to be number one yeah a lot of people don't realize that doing sports talk radio and especially at the level where you are it is big business ratings equal equals revenue so you had to keep bringing the ratings and you also got to get up real early you're in the number one market and 
I don't know about you, but I get a lot of people, oh, my son, he knows everything about uh, uh, the, the Giants and the Jets and, and the Bucks, and can he talk to you? He should get into Sports Talk Radio. And it's so much more than just sports knowledge, is it not? Well, especially nowadays. I mean, back in like 1987 when the fans started, the hosts were supposed to know more than the audience. Now, I don't pretend to know more than the audience, and everybody's got everything at their fingertips. So what my job is to do is to take the information that the sports fan knows and present it in an entertaining and fun way for them to want to listen to me and Boomer. So yes, I don't, I never, if I don't know something, I don't know something. I'll cop to it. I'm not going to be the guy who's going to say, oh, I made, you know, I, I didn't screw up or I didn't say that. I'll cop to it because my main focus is to be the guy that you turn on to get my takes on it, my jokes, be entertained. I'm not a stats guy that's never going to happen. So it's more so now entertainment and sports talk radio more than it ever was. How did you, did you know, was there a time when you knew this is what I want to do, be a talk show? host a lot of times when guys are younger oh I want to do play-by-play that's not my thing maybe I want to be TV what was it like for you Gio yeah so I actually I always wanted to be a talk show host back when I started going a ton of Mets games right around 13 14 years old and I was listening to Mike and the Mad Dog driving into Mets games and then into Mets extra the Mets games driving home Steve Summers that's really where I wanted to do it but everybody told me it was going to be too hard and one of the things that someone told me actually once was it's easier to get into the NBA numbers-wise than it is to get on WFAN because only six full-time jobs, two in the morning, two in the midday, two in the afternoon, that you'd want to actually make a living with. So I said, man, you know, that's that's interesting. So I actually went to school to be a music education major for three years up at Ithaca College. I was going to be a music teacher. And then, because I had a talent for music, I just happened to, it just happened that way so and then three years in I said I don't want to do this I don't like Ithaca I want to transfer home I went to Hofstra school on Long Island and I started a communications degree it took me an extra two years to get it done and I interned at WFAN and that's how I got in so I if there's anything, I just talked to a bunch of eighth graders back at home. There's anything that I tell people. Not everybody's going to end up in the dream job that they want, but you got to try it. You got to give yourself a shot. So after those three years of being a music major, I said, I just, I, this is all I've ever wanted to do. Let me see if the world allows me to do it. And that decision was the greatest decision I ever made. Didn't you have success in Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. Was it in Pittsburgh? Now, yeah. when you were there, and Pittsburgh's a, it's a great sports city. You're in a major market. At that time, were you like, you know what, this isn't bad? Or no, because uh, I still want to get to New York. Yeah, it was a little bit of both. So I, I was started FAN, intern, part-timer, part-time talk show host. They sent me out to Pittsburgh to be a full-time talk show host. I did six months of nights. They promoted me to mornings six months in, and I had a blast there. Now, of course, I want to get back to New York. I had to. I had to get back, but those thoughts were in my head like, I could stay here my whole life. Like, this is a great sports town. It's a good radio station. It's an affordable city. My salary is good enough. My my wife or my fiance at the time was from Pittsburgh. I, I could definitely live here. So that thought went through my mind. But once again, I had to give myself a shot to get to FAN. I knew the only way that I could do that was to go back to New York. And that's why I took the job at CBS Sports Radio for three years with Brian Jones, because I was two studios down the hall from FAN. And I told myself, I said, if I'm in the building, and something happens over there, it's a lot easier for me to go over there and fill in or whatever, and something happened. You know, unfortunately, it was a negative thing in Craig Carton's life, and he's back, and he's great, and he's doing awesome. He's on Fox, he's on FAN, so he rebounded great, but that was the opportunity for me to to be right there. If I was still in Pittsburgh, 
you know, I, I wouldn't have been flying home back and forth. I was two studios down. Hey, Boomer wants to talk to you. There you go, right down the hall. Now, I am glad you brought that up. Now, you, this is like when I interview, like, athletes, and, and it's like, when did you get the call to go to the show? What was that like? Now, for you, here you are. You're finally, you're getting it. You're going to be with Boomer on the mornings. You're also... Craig Carton was very successful, and he's got his fans. And I'm sure there was, you know, you're probably taking a lot of heat from that. And you got to say, yeah, but I'm here for a reason. Was it like that? Sure, it absolutely was. And the boomer that I was getting was not the same boomer that Craig got. So I'll explain this. So the boomer that Craig got was a guy who hadn't done full-time radio yet. He wasn't really sure of the thing. And Craig made him a talk show host and brought him along. They did 10 years together and were highly successful. So when I got Boomer, I got the very experienced Boomer. I got the very knowledgeable Boomer. I got the Boomer who knew what show he wanted. And remember, when Craig got arrested, Boomer did September, October, November, December by himself with Jerry Recco in there as well. So Boomer was running the show. So he went into quarterback mode. So when I got Boomer, I got like type A leading the show Boomer. And I had to take that take that back so it was it, it was interesting and, and as far as the Craig Carton fans of course I mean people didn't want him to be replaced they wanted him back you know some people who liked me right away there's a lot of people who didn't but I, I tried to not think about that as much as just make good radio you know make good radio no matter how you have to don't make it about you make it about the show and you have a tremendous staff the best in radio. I'll put our staff up against anybody. Eddie Scazzeri, Al Dukes, Jerry Recco. Use those guys because that's what the listener remembers more than anything and you just try to fit in. You know, there's some people that would come in and go, this is my show now and I'm taking over. This is my opportunity. I said, no, no, no. They're used to all those guys. They're used to a certain show. I'm just going to lay back and fit in and when it's my time to, to take a step forward, take a step forward, I will. I think that was really the key to success to making Boomer and Geo what it is today. Now, I've been in the media a long time but I've only been the Tampa market, so I don't have as many listeners or viewers like you guys got. And when I get some negative things on social media, it's taken me a little while. You're human. You're like, oh, you son of a... Look, what, what, what? And at that level, like, how do you deal? How did you? Do you deal with that? Do you just... You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, and in Pittsburgh, when I first got there, it was tough because I didn't understand how someone could be mad just because I had a sports take and it would hurt and it was personal. I was just getting started in the business. The key to all of that, the defense and the shield to all of the social media hate is self-confidence because if you have self-confidence, none of it can get to you. I'm talking true self-confidence, not faux bravado, true self-confidence. So until you achieve that, you're going, those, those arrows are going to hit you. Those, those daggers are going to hit you because you don't have that belief in yourself. You're like, man, is this guy right? You know, there's some people that write ridiculous stuff and, and whatever, but like someone says something about the show and you're like, is this person right? Do I suck? Was that a bad segment? Oh my God, that's terrible. But when you get to the point of like, listen, you are good. You have made it. You are doing the right thing and making the right decisions. Then those things, they never get to you. Then you've got the natural repellent of that. So it took me a long time. I mean, I'm, I'm talking like, maybe two years ago I finally got there and and now I feel I feel great about being able to handle that part of the business all right two more what is now I know someone not that produces your show Al Dukes but for those and so I know but I'm asking you what is Boomer honestly like 
He is what every person who has reached that level of success should be. Meaning that he cares about everybody. If you see him when he shows up here, every single person he talks to, looks in the eye, treats everybody the same. Takes care of his guys. A leader of the team. Makes sure everybody is taken care of. And always, always does not take himself too seriously. So there is a guy who has made it in two different things at the highest level. And he makes sure that he doesn't make anybody feel less than. And that's a very difficult thing to do. It's a very, and if Boomer gets on you, he doesn't get on you because he's a jerk. He gets on you because he wants more out of you and he likes you. So anytime you get like a, a little bit of a, an annoyed Boomer, it's because of that. So he, seeing him, there's, there's other people in the business I won't name that gave me like a template of how not to act. And I followed that. Boomer's given me the template on, on how to act. And I'm forever grateful for that. Joe, this is the last question I ask all my guests, and I know you get it hit a lot. For young, aspiring broadcasters, you have made it to the top. What is the best piece of advice you can give? You just have to, whatever you want to do, you have to do it at any level. So if someone wants to be a talk show host, you have to find a way, or a podcast host these days, you have to do it. Repetition, repetition, repetition. And then... You have to get to people in the business that have a critical ear to tell you what you're doing wrong, what you're doing right. So don't be afraid to send your podcast to every program director in America, every podcast director in America. And someone will see the work you're doing, will be interested in that, will give you some feedback. I'm not saying that person's going to hire you, but what they'll do is they'll say, wow, this person sent me a podcast this day, they sent me another one, and they're listening to what I'm saying to them. So repetition and get professional advice because a lot of us out there who have gone through it we love that next up and coming person and say hey work hard do it do it this way you know to see that passion in somebody for this business to me i'm i I always love to see that i'm more than willing to help so those would be my two things continued success thanks so much for taking the time jill it's my pleasure thank you very much See, I'm not, you know, I'm busy with my life. I'm busy covering things. So I really don't, he, I see some clips from Boomer and Geo. Uh, Al might post a few things. Uh, Al Duke's my friend, but I'm not listening or watching every day. I'm busy doing my stuff here. Now I do have, there is a bagger. There's a bagger in the public supermarket that I've gone to for the last couple of years and his name is Dennis, and he's a huge New York fan. He used to, he grew up in Queens. I think he was Queens. Was he Queens or Brooklyn? He was Queens. And he watches the Boomer and Geo show or listens every single morning. And he's been living here in Tampa Bay for, I don't know, 20 years, 15 years. So he'll always fill me in when I go in. He knows my friend is Al Dukes, and I'll and he'll fill me in on what's going on with those guys and da 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 on the fan. So there you go. But so I really didn't know Geo at all. Like I'm not watching that show all the time or listening because I again I'm doing my own thing here. And I knew that he was good with voices, impressions, the comedic effect, but I didn't know what kind of a person he was. Oh my God, just you know, eye to eye when you're interviewing somebody like that in person. That's why I didn't like Zoom. I don't like the you know on the phone. I like in person. And I was just I just kept thinking, like, wow, he is such a good guy down to earth good guy and they're telling me boomer as big of a star as he is is nice to everybody 
and you know that's that's when you can tell how a person is like how are they with the i've i've seen it man being in the business a long time you see like some on-air people and they could care less about the audio person or you know the td or whoever you know and just or you know somebody that's serving them the food or whatever and boomer all those that know him say that he's just such a down-to-earth guy and you know what that's why that's why they're still long-standing what what you know if you've been listening to these podcasts peter schrager from good morning football on nfl network who was a journalist first a writer first before being an on-air personality he put it best I ask everybody, what is the key to your success? How did you make it in your field? If it's football, if it's baseball, if it's coaching, if it's a player, if it's media, however, how did you make it? And they all say the same thing. Got to work hard. Got to, got to, you know, network. You got to grind. You know, you can't take no for an answer. You're going to get turned down. You got to keep swinging for the fences, all that stuff. But the number one thing that I always come away with from my guest be a good person. Don't be a jag off. But Peter Schrager put it best. He goes, no, no, it's more than that. Don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. If you're an asshole, you're not going to get a gig. You might get a gig for a little bit of a time. It's not going to be, you're not going to make it. So again, that's my, that's my number one thing. When I would talk to kids, I, I did that. I've done that a little bit more now, but I used to go and uh, like maybe some universities or if I have friends that are like teaching somewhere and I would speak and I'd always be saying like, look, you don't have to like everybody. That's not possible. Not, oh, hey, everybody's great. You're great. No, it's not like that. There are assholes. Uh, there are people that are kind of hard to deal with a little bit. But you've got to be able to get along with people. You have to. You have to. And it was kind of neat. Now, let me let me go back a couple of years. I was at Bay News 9, which is the local 24-hour news, weather. We did sports, half-hour show, every single night, live. Call-ins, guests, highlights, call-ins with no delay. And that's what I did. And it was about four and a half years ago, I was not renewed after 18 years. I was making more than everybody else. They were all on the high school bandwagon to do all high school. And I wasn't, I was just like, man, you know, it's nice a little bit. Yeah, high school football, that's nice. But some of these other sports were wasting our time. I never should have spoken up, but I did. And the new bosses came in and I was not renewed. And those sta- the high school station is no longer going. Both of those bosses are no longer there. And, but I have moved on. But my point is, it was probably about four and a half years ago. Maybe it's five now. I'm out. First time I'm out, I was at one station, TV station, for 18 years. I was five full-time prior to that, a couple of years prior. So it's really been about 25 years where I had not been employed in broadcasting. I don't know what to do, but I had some time. And I said, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me go explore my friends that are on big shows. One was Al Dukes on the Boomer and Carton show at the time. Yeah, it was Craig Carton. This was before he got busted. Um, and I said, Al, I'm coming to New York. My brother lives in the Williamsburg section of Brooklyn. I was going to go visit him for a day 
or maybe I just saw them in the city. Sometimes I would have these movie junkets. They were either in Hollywood in LA or in New York. You would go see the movie at night and then you would interview the stars the next day. And I was on this. I was the Tampa guy, somebody from Chicago, maybe a girl from Miami, uh, Cincinnati, Detroit, LA. And one from each market you get to enter. And it was, it was you know, the top stars, top movies. It was great. Maybe it was a movie junk. I don't remember. But all I know is I said, Al, I'm coming to New York. Any chance? I, uh, let's commit. Maybe I'll take you to lunch. I'll, what's going on? He goes, sure. He goes, I'll show you. I'll show you around. And it was great, man. Al, Al is such a good guy. He comes across as this boring against everything <laughs> sarcastic you know he hates callers you know and he's just it's funny that makes al but al always got along with craig carton really really well obviously gets along with boomer well really gets along with jerry Gre- uh, greco in the mornings they do a warm-up show and uh eddie scazzeri so, I mean, they, it's, it, it's unusual that, what, two, four, five guys from different backgrounds this many years are working on the same show and they all get along. I'm sure they have some disagreements, but it's really, it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat to have that chemistry and to continue to be successful. That's a, it's very fortunate, very fortunate. The stars were aligned. They must all be living right. Don't chance it. But no, that's really, really cool. And it's it's cool. And I think, I wish, I wish management would put more emphasis on chemistry. Sometimes they just put people together on shows and don't click. And they just think that they're, you know, they're right and, and won't take any, uh, you know, input from anybody else. And a lot of times chemistry is huge huge because it it shows it comes across on the air man the viewer or the listener picks it up and you want to feel like you know them so anyway he took me around and it was real nice very very nice uh what's his name that did cbs sports national um he played college basketball i'm picturing him right now i can't remember. he opened the door for me and uh, <laughs> when I got up there and Al took me around, we went to lunch. It was great. Al was telling me about the commuting and he drives in the city all every day, look for a parking space. And now it is, what, three in the morning, four in the morning or something like that. So yeah, traffic is not bad, but just like, oh my God. When you, live, when you work in New York City and you can't afford or don't want to live in Manhattan, that means you have got to commute and I, my God, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. Living down here this long. Ooh, as I get older, you don't want to deal with hassle, 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 hassle. But anyway, so that was really nice. So on this one trip, right after I was not renewed, like almost five years ago, I called up Bal. He gave me the tour of WFAN, CBS Sports Radio. Very neat, nice, cool. All st- newer, nice, nice building. You know what I mean? They used to be in a, a shithole in Astoria <laughs> when they first started in a basement, bad carpeting, 
Yeah, oh, the building had history, quaint. Oh, yeah, right. You can take that history. Just like, oh, you get an old bungalow. Oh, that's so quaint. Yeah, the electric shit doesn't work. Nah, not for me. Forget the, the quaint. That wears off. Just like having a pool in Florida. We don't have a pool in this house. Oh, you don't have a pool? Oh, the pool, realtor tells you, pool's worth another 50 grand on just a regular house. I don't care. It wears off. You're wet. You get in. It's a hundred. It's ninety-five degrees. Then you got to go in air conditioning, where it's you're freezing. You're wet bathing suit. It's you know what you got to take care of the pool. I'm constantly at the store getting the chlorine, the tablets, cleaning it, dealing with it. The pool, you know. Oh no, no. You know what? No, that wears off. Just like being in. But all stations do look kind of similar, kind of similar. So anyway, I did that, and then I called up Brent Hatley. Brent Hadley worked for Howard Stern. He used to be, for many years, uh, the sidekick, co-host, you could call him. He did an awful lot with Bubba the Love Sponge. Bubba the Love Sponge, a major shock jock out of Tampa Bay, was on Howard Stern's uh, Howard 101 when Howard Stern went to Satellite. I, know, I, I don't want to get too inside for you guys that aren't in the media but if you are, I know you're loving these stories, but I, 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 I digress. I don't, okay, let me cut to the chase. But anyway, so Brent Hadley was working for Howard. And I, I DM'd Brent, and he, I said, Brent, I'm going to be in New York. I'm going to go over to the fan. Any chance I could stop by and see you on, at uh, the Sirius XM building? He said, oh, sure. Here you go. What day in? All right. How about this time? I said, Fantastic. I think I think I did uh, I think I and I actually took the train in from Dover, New Jersey, the because I was staying in Morris County. Dover's where I grew up. Took the train in from Dover, went down to uh, by near Rockefeller Center, by where Fox News, where the the big Sirius XM building is. Their security's tight, tight in both places. You got to have your legal ID, all that jazz, because Riley's not my. My drive is too detailed. And anyway, Brent brought me up. We went into the Howard compound. Now I had, I used to be such a big Howard Stern fan. I just, once he, once he went to PC, went when the interviews and when he went on that, the TV, I just, uh, but I used to love Howard Stern, the Howard Stern show and the whack back and everyone. And I knew that, when you went up to the Sirius XM studios, all where all the shows are and the producers and all that, there's only a select few that get allowed to go into the next, the Howard Stern compound. And Brent brought me back there. I was like, it was so cool. I saw, I met Richard. If you're a Howard Stern fan, I met John Hine. Uh, I met a couple of the people in the back. Howard was not there. He was already gone, and it was fine. It went into Howard's studio. You know what? I should have taken some pictures, but at the time, I didn't want to overdo it, man. I was just, I was very thankful that Brent did that for me, and then we bullshitted. He took me all around to Sirius and just talking, and da-da-da. Brent was also a big college football fan. He's a Gator fan, and he loves his college football, and it was just really, really cool, so it was neat. So I saw that, and then I saw the fan and CBS Sports Radio with, uh, and we went to lunch 
Al Dukes and I. And then, of course, I follow Al on social media. So it was really, really cool. It was nice. And what I've found is whether you're in Kansas City, you're in L.A., you're in Tampa, you are in Chicago, Detroit, it doesn't matter where you are. It's all pretty much the same. You got to bring ratings. You got to be entertaining. You got to have your facts right. And you got to be a good person. Don't be a jagoff. You know, jagoffs in talk radio can be entertaining. Yes, they can. Almost like a heel in pro wrestling. But you also have to be a good person uh, deep down. Deep down. You have to be. You can't be a, a jagoff in person, even if you're a jagoff on the air and that's your persona. There was... And those in Tampa would remember Bob Lassiter. He was a new a talk show host. And God damn, he had great pipes. He used to smoke cigarettes on the air. He was out of shape. Didn't care. He he passed away very young. And but boy, he was good. He was good. And he was he was a ball buster. He was intelligent. And I'll never forget the advice that he gave. It wasn't specifically to me. I don't know if he gave it to my friend Whitney or I was just in the room one day when I heard him. Uh, but he just said, let the callers bury themselves. If you have a caller that comes on, he's all full of piss and vinegar and this and that. Let him keep going. He'll run out of material. He's not a pro. He's probably not deep down. He's not that intelligent. And he'll bury himself. Let him go. Let him go. And, you know, spar with him a little bit. Let him keep going. He'll write you. And it was true. I always thought of that. You know, and this Lasseter, he was he was a son of a bitch. Like when I was doing, uh, I caught him on the, the back end. He came back to 970 WFLA. He was so successful in Tampa where they had some great legendary talk show hosts. And he went to Chicago and it didn't work. It's just like I was talking to somebody today about Joe Madden. I said, I ran into Joe Madden again at the Bruce Arians thing. I said, Joe, do you miss it? And he's like, uh, not really, not yet. Like he's an interesting guy. It would have to be the right thing and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but Joe Madden, he was with the Angels organization for 30 some years as a player and as a minor league coach. And then also bench, wasn't he bench coach? I know he was up with the big club, not as the manager. And the, the Rays were his first opportunity at a later age, just like Arians. Arians was 60-something. When he first got his first head coaching gig in the NFL, same thing with Joe Mann was older, late 50s, for his first managerial job. And so successful, they went to the World Series with a low payroll, AL East, turned the culture around, goes to Chicago with the Cubs, wins the World Series in Chicago, can walk on water, and then eventually that kind of fizzles out a little bit, and then the opportunity was to go back to the Angels. That's the organization that he grew up on. He loves. And he went back and it wasn't the same. Sometimes you think you're going, you can go back to where you once were and it will be like it was and it's not. Different people are in charge. It's just different. And I remember, I remember, uh, you know, that happened. So, but it was interesting. I mean, listen, I'm a Tampa Bay guy, but 
I, I'll never ha- have the New Jersey leave me. When I went to St. Leo College, the only college that would accept me because I got caught cheating, changing D's to B's in Spanish at Morris Catholic High School, a guy ratted me out, but I did it. And I changed other people's grades too with a pencil. How stupid was I? And they had to call my mother in and uh, it was a priest in Spanish. I hope my younger brothers would never turn out like me. I was just doing bad and da, da, da. I didn't do good on the SATs. I was pitching a baseball game that Saturday and I just filled in the blank like I wasn't even paying attention. Yeah, so I, 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 St. Leo College in Florida accepted me and I went. I went to that college without ever seeing it. I remember a bus picked us up. Who would do that now? A bus picked us up at TIA, Tampa International Airport. There was a guy from like Massachusetts. He had on puka shells with a guinea. What, no, I can't say that now. He had it on a, uh, a wife beater, one of those underwear shirts and uh, puka shells. Another guy was from Massachusetts. We're waiting around. He takes us on a bus, drives us to the campus of St. Leo College it's about an hour and something outside of Tampa. And there was fields with cows and steers. And I'm looking around. There's nothing around. I had never even seen a college. It was the only place that accepted me. And I went and I learned how to party. Yes, I learned how to party. And I was, I was a PE major. I walked on. I pitched. I made the baseball team as a walk-on. That's not easy because down here in Florida, the competition is very good. It was Division Two, very stinking good. However, I knew I didn't want to be a PE teacher and I knew that I wanted to be on TV doing sports, the 6 and 11 o'clock news. At the time, that used to be big. When I grew up, I watched Warner Wolf. Let's go to the videotape. He was very entertaining. The 6 and 11 o'clock news. Uh, what's his name? Marv Albert. At that time, you know, he was a play-by-play guy, the one that got caught wearing the garters and the women's clothing and stuff, biting women's backs. Yeah, Marv Albert. Yes! He used to be on NBC for New York doing the 6 and 11 o'clock news. That was a big thing then. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to have fun. I want to do that. So I'm going to get the hell, and I miss New Jersey. I was homesick for North Jersey. Do you believe that? I was homesick for Dover, New Jersey. My friends Woody and Disco and uh, we were the Wormwood Com. And I, I left St. Leo, went to William Patterson College in Wayne, Patterson area, Halden. And I drove and then I had a job more than 40 hours a week at the Daily Advance at night running the forklift. They made me a manager or a supervisor at night. I was working all kinds of hours. And then I was meeting a bunch of people there. They went out to the Mount Olive High School. They probably partied. I had a little girlfriend. And uh, and there you go. I, I'm, I'm Jersey. My wife laughs. She's like, you've been down here so long. You're Jersey. It's still in me. So that's why, you know, the Jersey connection, the New York uh, my brother's still up there. I have another brother in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and he says he could never live in New York. He used to live on Long Island, Long Island, Strong Island, the LIE, out, out in Suffolk, having to commute in. at Oh, oh. But anyway, anyway, thank you, thank you to Gio. Thank you to Al Dukes, uh, Boomer, and Gio. 
and Eddie Scazzeri and Jerry, congrats on your continued success. Continue on, and Gio, you're a good man. You are a very good man, and you're talented as hell, as his hell. All righty, let's see what else. What are we cooking? How long am I going here? Am I blabbing a long time? I got this big safe here. Very, very, uh, must have been a gun safe. We're going to try to sell this big heavy thing. I can't budge it from the previous owner. He left it. Uh, it's interesting doing selling things off Facebook Marketplace where it's just a, it's a lot, but I don't mind it. It feels like we changed because we first look. My wife wanted to move and then my daughter jumped on board. And guys, if you're, dad, you're a dad and you've got women, you know they run the show. You cannot. There's a cameraman, a videographer that actually freelances when my wife does field. Uh, she does these producing some of these uh, packages, uh, stories. Because my wife used to be at Bay News 9 as a TV reporter. And then she does freelance gigs. And she has a, a videographer that they contract out. Chris Till, I've known him forever. He's done work for me, worked at the local station, sports, blah, blah, blah. And and his son did a, did a, did a gig the other day, Ben. But anyway, and he told me when we were looking for a house, and I said, oh, my God, I mean, I have no say. My wife goes, yes, you do. No, I don't. If I like something and our daughter Addie and you don't or Addie doesn't, we're not getting it. What if I like something and you don't? Are we getting it? No. I, you, you, uh, you want, and, and Chris Tilly told me, this is just the other day, he's like, I have come to the realization, if we have an argument, my wife and I, or a heated discussion, I will never win that discussion. I will never win that argument. And I'm fine with that. That's how it goes. I'm like, bam. <laughs> so anyway, but it's amazing when you actually uh, are all together now i i will say you know I, I wrote down these notes here just to see if i was bs and it's not there's no need to go back way back in time but i did my first experience ever going into a professional locker room i'm talking about nfl MLB, NHL, NBA. Those are the biggies for me when I was growing up. And my first experience was the Giants and the Jets. The Giants with the big tuna, Bill Parcells was the head coach. Phil Sims was the quarterback. Lawrence Taylor was intimidating as hell. He had the long dangling earring, and I saw him. He's over there with the towel boy. I want my towels. I want this. I want this. I want it over here at this time, right? And I was like, holy shit. Like, you know. And then uh, I remember going in the Jets locker room first time. I walked in behind Mark Gastineau. He had these pants that were like Zuba pants or whatever they called them. The guy was like 6'7 with long flowing hair, built like a brick shit house, a brick outhouse, a brick house. A brick house, and uh, I was like, "Oh my god!" And he, he had a woman, Brigitte Nielsen. Uh, she was tall. She had short blonde hair. She was on the sidelines, like of a game. Like I don't know, a wife or a girlfriend was allowed on. I'm like, "Oh, Joe Klecko seemed like a really nice guy." But anyway, my first experience ever was Jets Giants, and uh, 
you know, going into the city too, when I worked at FNN, it was Financial News Network on the weekend, weekday, and then FNN Sports, FNN Score on weekends. And I, and I was a national sports reporter, and I was living in Jersey, going into the city. And like, that's what I say. It was always, if I was going to go in and do a uh, Knicks game, Nets game, Rangers game, uh, I would just take the train out of Dover, New Jersey, or when I was living in Caldwell, West Caldwell, uh, off of Bloomfield Avenue. Sometimes I would drive. I would get a parking garage right near the Port Authority or not too far and just walk. I mean, I didn't even know the subway system, so I would just, I didn't have money for cabs, and uh, I would just walk. Didn't matter how far it was, man. I'd walk 50 blocks. And then uh, when I'd cover stuff in the garden, if I had to do like a post game, there's a lot of stuff was pregame features. But if I had to do post game, you know, you you get the interviews and the the videotapes were big tapes. It wasn't these little tapes. They were like they called them three quarter inch tapes. And I had a long like black coat. It was winter time, and I would just put it under my t- and I would just walk real fast, get downstairs and get on that train. And then get once I get in the train, I'm heading to Jersey. I'm good, you know. But it was great going in. You go in at like two, three in the afternoon. It's very relaxing and mellow. It's not rush hour. But anytime I had to drive, it was always a lot going on. Like major press conferences, Tyson, Don King. You know, there might be something from the MLB or NFL, and it was in New York. You know, there was always stories, and it was great. I remember the now my goal. My goal was always to be on air in New York. I would love to be on air in New York one day. Maybe maybe I'll still get that. Like even one time, just as a guest, I would love it before I croak. And I'm getting up there. Uh, nobody, you know, that would be something. But it used to be my goal. And then as you move on in life and this and that, life turns out and it's good. Nothing is, it's never going to be perfect. Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles, told now listen Todd Bowles was the Jets head coach and it didn't go good and he's getting a second chance with the Bucks. and last year was not a good year they were eight and nine and they got clocked in the playoffs even though they won the NFC South every team was below 500 it was a shit it was it was everybody knows and so he's on the hot seat and sometimes guys are good coordinators and are not cut out to be head coaches. Maybe that's the case. I like him. As a man, I like him. He came on the podcast at the NFL owners meetings. He, I said, Todd, I want to tell you before we start, you've done a good job the way you've handled us, the media. Sometimes some of the questions, you always look in the eye. You always give an answer. You don't cut anybody down. And he goes, I just ask that you be fair. You can have your own opinion. You can disagree. I just ask that you be fair. That's all. But I wanted to tell him, but he's a good man. But hey, I don't know if it's going to work out. But he told, I don't know if this was, I saw a video of this or someone told me this. But he told his players, specifically his younger players, life is not perfect. Every day is not perfect. Heck, most days, pretty much every day is not perfect. Just like with games. 
you're never going to get the perfect game. You're always striving for that. Brady used to say that too. It doesn't happen. You can do all the preparation you want. You can be ready as anything. Do the that's the that's the number one thing that you can do. Be as prepared as you can. But hurdles are going to pop up. Things are going to go an opposite way. Things are going to come up. And you know what Todd Bowles was telling the young players? He goes, that's life. So learn that now. You're young. You're thinking, you want this day. Oh, this day sucked. Or I want this day to be good. It's never going to be. <laughs> and I was like, that stuck with me, man. You know, for what? I don't know. I mean, it's common sense, right? But anyway, um, we shall see. We shall see. I want to have everything set up. I want to have this house set up. I want to have my studio set up. I thought that I was going to get more done than I did before my girls come in here Sunday. And once we get the move, like everything in, uh, I want, but I got to be set up, man, for, by July. Because once you get rolling into training camp, I'm trying to get another gig or two. You know, you got to, you got to be set up, man. Football rules. Now, I was talking to a friend of mine that used to do play-by-play for college football. And he's got a lot of different uh, uh, games and events that he's doing play-by-play for and hosting and ring announcing. I said, do you miss it? And it was almost like Joe Madden. He was like, a little, uh, you know what? Not really. Do I really miss traveling? And then once I get to the airport, then I got to get a rental car and then sometimes driving two more hours and doing all that and doing all that and flying and traveling and everything and preparate and what for one game. And he wasn't doing the big, 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 big game. He's like, no, no, not really. Not really. I'm doing a lot of different events. Isn't that something? You know, you get as you get older, priorities change. There is a, a reporter in Tampa Bay on a national platform and she was just we were bsing the other day i don't want to even tell you what sport because you know where it is and you guys will figure it out but uh it was we were just waiting in the media room and waiting and she's just like god what what used to be important to me or isn't important anymore my priorities change now she's much younger than me uh doesn't have a family yet and, uh, but she's just like, it's, 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 my priorities have changed. It's, it's how life goes. You go with the flow, right? Number one, try to be healthy. That's, that's, ooh, I, I, that's what I say every day, every stinking day. All right, listen, guys, I tell you what, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, you know, and there was one other thing too, like here we are, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you stories back when I started. I was in my late 20s before I actually covered professional sports, Giants, Jets, Mets, Yankees, Knicks, Nets, Rangers, Devils, Islanders, and uh, when I was at National TV Reporter. And here it is X amount of years later. X, 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 X. Yes, the business has changed. But you know what? In some ways, it has not. And I was hanging today. We're getting ready to go into the Rays clubhouse for pregame. And I'm standing there with guys that are probably 30 years younger than me. And 
it's all still the same. Who, what, when, or where? You talk to the pitcher that's going to be pitching tomorrow. How was your last outing? What about this lineup that you're going to face? How you feeling right now? You guys had a long road trip. You go over to another player. How good does it feel to be here back in your home? That was a long, you were actually in one city for seven days. How about you had a couple of losses, but you guys were on a roll? What's happening? Hey, you're going up against two former teammates. What do you remember about that? It doesn't matter. You know, the cameras might be smaller, a lot more streaming, but it's still being a reporter and it's still in a major league clubhouse. And to me, I am still honored. It's a privilege. That's what McAfee said one time. There's some guys that, some reporters that think that their shit doesn't stink and that it's a privilege to cover the NFL, Major League Baseball. It really is. You know, I've had a couple people hit me up on either social media. I'll post a picture down pregame down by the dugout and I'll have somebody say, oh, the stupidness of just standing around. What good is that? You're just standing around down there. No, I'm observing. Plus, I've got a credential. I'm one of the few that's actually able to be here. And so, and I watch. I watch warm-ups. I watch how players interact. I noticed last year how Kevin Kiermeyer speaks fluent uh, Spanish an American player because you have so many uh, Spanish in baseball from Venezuela, Puerto Rico, Cuba, uh, Latin America, you know, and, 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 and it's interesting. It's just interesting. See things that they do, how they communicate, how they get along, what the manager does. I, I you know, uh, I cherish it, man. I'm honored still. And I feel very, very fortunate. And I don't want to ever lose that. And I don't think I will. You know, some guys, ah, rah, 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 what are you doing? Just standing around down there near the batting cage. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Be negative. Go ahead. Be negative. Wise ass. All right, listen. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. One more night. Two nights of being alone in the house with no furniture and then, but looking forward to having my girls and our little dog, Macy, running around and here we go, here we go. All right, listen, thank you for listening. I appreciate you and I'll talk to you next week. Hey, if you haven't hit the like button, hit it or the subscribe button. And you know what, leave a comment if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, where, wherever you're doing it, leave a comment or two. It helps in the algorithms. That's what I hear everybody say. I don't even know what the hell it means. All right, listen, I don't want to try to be cool. My wife says that's the worst thing you can do. Do not try to be cool. Do not. <laughs> and she that drives her crazy. Like I'm listening to a wrestling podcast. Chris Jericho is one of my favorite, this and that. Every time they get on, yeah, I wanted to have my character. You know, I asked Vince, I thought this would be cool. Or Jericho's like, you know, I came up with this jacket and it lit up and spot. I thought that would look cool, cool. And I tell my wife, I'll say, yeah, cool. And she's like, you're a grown man. Leave, that's in the seventh grade. Like, you're a grown man, cool. Do you think my father says he wants to look cool? And I'm like, you don't get it. It doesn't matter if you're 60. 
I'm at cool. Well, you, what? That's outdated. <laughs> I like sitting in front too. I'll drink a couple beers. I like sitting in front. My wife's like, we don't do that. People aren't doing that. There's no porch. You don't be sitting in like you're. I'm like, what? Why? What? I can't do that. All right, listen, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. Hang tough. <laughs>